My name is Dave Hollenbach, the host of From Members to Excellence, a podcast that explores the many facets of leadership from the perspectives of some amazing people. We discuss the triumphs and failures that have shaped our lives and our leadership philosophies. I've found that it isn't whether we fail that defines us, but when we do fail, how we respond. Leaders dust off the ashes and use their failures as fuel to work harder and as lessons to come back wiser and stronger, more resilient, more determined, and more committed to excellence. Today, I'm speaking with Lucas Caneda. He is a global team leader at Unicorn Incubator and a professional rugby player in uh, Sarlette, France, which is a Southwest region of France. Um, and uh, yeah, professional rugby player there in, in that town. He was born and raised in Buenos Aires, Argentina until he was 25, uh, played rugby from the age of five, eventually becoming a professional athlete, and then uses his experience in the professional sports world to um, really apply the lessons that he's learned in his career in professional sports to help um, startup companies develop and uh, really achieve their goals. So, um, and then one of the, the more recent startups that you've been working with is Challenger X, and we'll get into that um, and, and what it is that they do and how you got involved with them. But first, I'd like to get an idea of, you know, what your life was like growing up in Argentina, maybe what your parents did and, and really how your world in Argentina shaped who you are today and maybe some of the, the uh, people that were very influential in your life and in your uh, career. Sure, hey Dave, um, it's a pleasure to be at your show and um, thank you for that good introduction. Um, as you said, I, I was born in Argentina. Um, I was very happy to have a, a good Good family, sporting family, both parents working. Uh, sometimes uh, my, my dad had, had his own company for the past 20 years. I mean, middle class, good, good, good relationship. Uh, I've got my brother. So in good family, uh, sportive. And that helped me out grow up in, in, in in a, I would say a privileged place uh, where I could uh, focus on studying, going to school, uh, playing sports, uh, having fun as a kid. I think that's very important and I mean, I, not everyone has that chance, that, that possibility. So I'm thankful for that first place. And um, I think one of the best things I've ever done, or, or my mother in this case, was taking me to play rugby when I was, when I was five. She decided she, when you're five, you don't really know what you want to do. So she just took me one day uh, to my home club and um, I had a, a great connection and a good love uh, since the beginning, uh, even though I was always uh, intrigued by every sport. And actually, I've tried uh, soccer 
I tried uh, taekwondo, I tried tennis, golf, I tried everything. I mean, I I, <laughs> I love it. You know, I'm a sportsman, right? And um, but yeah, uh, at one well, point in time, real real quick. So just for the listeners, um, so I can see you, but you know, some of them can't unless they're watching on the YouTube channel. But um, it's it's hard to get a gauge of your size because typically when people think of professional rugby players, you know, they're like pretty beefy and like solid <laughs> so about how tall are you not really me i mean i'm i'm on the small side i would say um uh, it's hard to say because I, I measure in meters and kilograms uh, so i'm 175 meters tall that's really not high and uh um 82 kilograms so yeah no so, I'm, I'm quite thin i'm on the on the lower end yeah what what position do you play in rugby like what what's kind of your role in the in the team so i play wing that means i'm the quick guy uh i i am or i, I used to be at least pretty quick i think last time i've uh, actually measured i was at 10.8 something like that 100 meters nice. so yeah it's not too bad uh yeah. so yeah i mean that's probably uh of the biggest attributes and uh i really do like defense too so in that sense i really like to like to tackle and defense and get smash people around i mean only on the field though <laughs> just on the pitch <laughs> yeah. now um so you said that your father uh has had his own business for the last 20 years what what does your father do he's in the agri-tech sector agri-tech so yep. developing technology for agriculture or exactly he's yeah, yeah. he's on the uh, it's hard to say it's so 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 specific that uh, even i struggle to to explain but uh yeah infrared technology technology so they are using basically light to measure uh what's happening uh oh, okay being very vague about what he does yeah <laughs> all right and and what about your mother well she's always been uh working on something she i say she's pretty pretty much one of the persons that i mean she she won't stop ever right she's 60 years old today she looks like 40 and she she will never stop she she's always doing something else she's been dunning everything basically uh, she keeps turning around doing this doing that getting new business she's an entrepreneur herself she I mean, she's on she's done pretty much everything since the beginning uh, i really love her mentality of just you know, need to get and, something done and she goes and does it and and how about your brother you have one sibling yeah one brother younger brother um he's currently studying he's almost an engineer well not almost but in not such a long time um he's also working he he uh, we run together uh catering also food catering uh that i funded when i was 18 and then when he became younger he was he became my associate and then we run it together for, for some time we we stopped a couple of years ago because the situation was not very good uh in terms of events and what happening especially with covid and whatnot uh we we stopped a couple of years ago and uh what, but what yeah kind of, he kept going what kind of catering 
What kind of food? Well, we eat pretty much uh, many things, but our specialty was uh, pizzas done on a barbecue. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. That, that's pretty interesting because when I think of France, I think of, you know, this culinary mecca, you know, and and for you to be successful there, I, I would say you probably did uh, some amazing pizzas. <laughs> yeah, well, we did it when I was in Argentina, though. So, oh, okay. I mean, okay. yeah. And he kept going when when he was there. I mean, yeah, that was like 13 years ago when I started. And uh, but yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I keep doing them for my friends, uh, for for my family every now and then, and everyone loves them. <laughs> right. So you've always kind of had this um, uh, entrepreneurial mindset. It seems like yeah. I guess influenced by your yeah. parents. Yes, I mean, I I love it. I just I remember one interesting story when I was a kid, uh, probably not too legal, I would say, but let's just just I remember my grandfather giving me hundred bucks one day for Christmas present or a birthday present, and uh, instead of going and buying a pair of shoes, I bought um CD recorder. It was like long time ago, right? Yeah. I remember we were just. Uh, recording CDs, music CDs back in the day where you could just record 12, 12 songs on one CD. It was really uh, a long period, a long time ago. And uh, I was selling them to my friends. Was selling, and I was at like, what, 10, 10, 12? And uh, <laughs> I mean, I remember that began like when I was, when I was small. And then, well, the catering. Uh, after that, I founded a company with my wife. Um, we had a shoe shop uh where we designed our own shoes and we we produced them ourselves and uh, we had a we had a good a good run on that for two or three years uh before we 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 came to argent to to france so it was back when we were in argentina and then we decided to close it when we when we came here because it was not really uh doable at, at a, such a distance um and then again yeah when i when i came here i uh, I've been focusing on rugby at the beginning. Um, eventually started to think that there was much more to do, not just play rugby, uh, even though I love it. It's my passion and, and I still want to keep going. But uh, on the other side, I also want to do other things. That's how uh, eventually I kept studying. Uh, uh, I've studied a management degree uh, the last couple of years. I finished that, uh, I think it was 2019. And for the past two years, I was looking uh, what to do. And uh, luckily, uh, a year ago, exactly, yeah, I think in two or three days, it will be a year ago that I joined Unicorn. And lots of things have been going on. Uh, actually, today, um, one of the companies that we've uh, helped funded at the beginning and that we've incubated and accelerated for the past 15 months uh, is going public in Canada, so that's actually one of one of a great story. Is that the the Challenger X company that? Uh, not about? yet. Uh, th this one's called XR Applied. It's an augmented reality uh, company, and the Challenger X that you mentioned it's um, a different thing. But we are. We funded it, um, the company, with roughly a month and a half, two months ago. 
and um, we are actually working on an IPO and a listing in the Acris Exchange in London in the next uh, couple of weeks. So nice. hopefully uh, you'll see that happening pretty soon and pretty quick, actually, because two or three months from funding to a listing. Well, a good show, a good challenge. So tell me a little bit about Challenger X and uh, what was the name of the company in Canada? XR Applied, but X, XR Applied. I, I think that that speaks for itself actually, and it's listed already and people can find a lot about it. I would really much dive into Challenger X if you want to, because oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something, I mean, we've, we've been thinking about it. We've been, uh, we had always had that objective in mind for the past year when we uh, took over our rugby club in here in, in Salah. So it's an 118-year-old club, which we call our uh, old startup <laughs> internally at Unicorn, because even though it's old, that doesn't mean uh, it doesn't qualify as a startup, right? Because it's got the same problematics, the same mistakes and things to fix that uh, any other startup that we work with. And we just treat it as, a, as another client. And um, so we... we we went from the very beginning in terms of uh, branding, in terms of marketing, in terms of outreach, uh, visibility. Uh, so we changed our logo, we changed our websites, we changed, uh, we took over social media, for instance, and we went from 1,500 followers to 140K, uh, I think last week. So those things are, I mean, we, we come from the digital marketing space and that's something we know how to do, know how to manage. And we, we said to ourselves, let's create a big marketing tool around our club that allows us to um, promote our sponsors a lot better, for instance, because what are your sponsors looking for when they engage with you is actual visibility eyeballs. At the end of the day, it all comes back to that. How, what are you going to provide to me for me to engage with you? Uh, it needs to be a win-win situation where both sides benefit and uh, uh, and leverage one another, let's say. So uh, we took over that and uh, slowly uh, other clubs, other teams started asking ourselves, uh, how did you do that? Uh, can you help us? Uh, we would like to, to, to get uh, your ideas, use what you did, um, how can we work together? And um, that was our original idea. So we had the answer for that, luckily. Uh, so we brought up this platform that puts um, all, this, all the little pieces that we've been working on that we already show a proof of concept of uh, through Sala Rugby. Well, okay, this is the package that we can offer. This is what we can actually do for you guys with Challenger X. We can just take your amateur or semi-professional club to the next level. So one of the first things that comes to, to mind always is whenever you go to a, to a website um, and you go to an amateur club's uh, site, uh, you can see the difference right away. You can see they are not professional. You can see they've got plenty of things going on and nothing's very well managed. And if you go see our case we are a very small amateur club or semi-professional club in france in the fifth division um but if you go to our website we are just like any other uh in fact in terms of social media reach 
we are, I think, the fifth or sixth club in France, which doesn't, I mean, doesn't look obvious. And uh, that's what we are bringing um, for other teams out there that want to reach us. And the, the good thing is it's not rugby focused. So we can do this um, for any club, for any team uh, in any country. In fact, our first um, client or partner is a food, a soccer club. How did you come about getting involved with uh, Unicorn, uh, the Unicorn Incubator? And can you, can you talk a little bit about what exactly an incubator is? Hmm. Yeah, sure. First, your first question, I, um, I was approached at the beginning by the rugby club, Sarla Rugby. I was not very convinced because uh, at the beginning, when they first approached me, I was playing a much higher level. Uh, I was looking for a top tier, I would say, club. Um, but I said, okay, I mean, they, they, they've called me. Uh, I at least owe them uh, meeting them, right? Uh, giving them a possibility. So my wife was eight months uh, pregnant. Uh, we took our car. We drove here to Salah anyways uh, to meet the guys and at least have, have some lunch and see what's going on, right? Uh, and immediately I met the president, the actual founder of, the, of Unicorn. And that's how I got in love with his ideas and what he was building and what he was doing and that we started working right away in, in all our projects and we started growing and I learned so much from him. And uh, here I'm, I am today, uh, we funded Challenger X together uh, with a couple other investors that we work with and um, things are growing pretty big uh, in every sense. And uh, that was the uh, main reason or the, the, the actual, I mean, that love, of, love at first sight that, uh, got me hooked and uh what does an incubator do in our case because i i won't be able to to speak about other incubators because there's many and everyone works differently but first and foremost uh, i would like to, under, to to explain what a startup means for us so you need to be able to to have done three things uh first is have a proof of concept uh, something that you've produced that acts actually, even if it's an uh, alpha beta test, we don't care. Um, you need to have a couple of clients that have tested what you produced. And third thing is that you need to be able to convince at least uh, your family to invest in your, in your company. Because um, if they are not confident about what you're doing, uh, if you're not yourself, how would uh, an incubator be part of what you're doing? And at the later stage, uh, when we present to you investors that work with us, uh, how would you convince them either? So that's why we ask for those three things. And we consider a startup anyone that uh, meets those three criteria, actually. And then we, if those things are met, uh, we just ask ourselves a big important question that is, what are we going to do for this startup to bring added value, to help them accelerate and 
grow and meet their objectives. Um, so if you ask us, what are we doing for our clients? It's exactly that. Identifying where do they want to get? What do they want to achieve? And uh, how are we in our position going to, to support them, uh, take them uh, and accompany them to, to get to that place that they are looking for? And our focus is, again, on the digital marketing side. So we do work a lot on article syndication, SEO, ASO. Uh, currently, today, we uh, own more than 5,000 keywords ranked number one on, the Google, on Google Play and in the App Store, which is, at today's world, uh, uh, pretty big because uh, in most of the companies are having their own uh, apps. Uh, leverage, leveraging that side. Um, and then we are, uh, one of our other pillars is the investors' relationships. We've been running a site uh, that's called Born to Invest uh, for the past 20, 20, 22 years. I think it was, was first uh, up and running in 1999. Uh, and it's been running campaigns for thousands of clients ever since. We, we do work a lot with public companies in the US and Canada for article syndication, SEO, um, press releases. So we, we have a wide variety and um, yeah, we, we are tech focused. So we do only tech um, for our clients internally, uh, for the startups that we incubate. But then when it comes to actual, actually helping someone out on the digital, digital marketing space, uh, there's lots of things that can be done. One of the things that I, I wanted to touch on, because I, based on your background, I, I know that you've got quite a bit of experience. And then just in this international world of, of well, helping startup companies achieve their goals, it takes a level, a level of leadership expertise to lead somebody from where they are to where they want to get to. And to understand maybe some of your, uh, well, your leadership philosophy, I'd, I'd kind of like to get an idea of maybe some of your influences growing up in, in rugby, maybe some of your coaches, mm. clearly you've had, um, or clearly you have been influenced by your parents um, with the entrepreneurial spirit, but in how you approach things, uh, and really, I, I would imagine in professional sports, the mindset of, you know, just pushing through adversity and and you know maybe it takes a level of endurance whether it's mental endurance physical endurance to to achieve what you've achieved and i'm, I'm just kind of wondering what your influences have been and maybe if you could talk a little bit about your leadership philosophy and how you apply it to to helping startups Yes, sure, Dave. I think there's a great connection between sports, especially team sports and uh, business. 
uh, I do tend to talk about this because I think it's very important and uh, there's lots of things that we can use on both sides. Um, there's lots of values that you learn through rugby. Uh, I mean, there's so many things that you can take from one side and use from the other. And I, and I think that uh, you also are who you are because of your past experiences. And um, some of the things when, when you speak about uh, leadership, uh, I do love the word uh, motivation. Think that a team uh, company uh, is driven by motivation eventually. And that's what makes a big difference. Um, so it's all about building good atmosphere, a good uh, working at, uh, environment, and actually being able to identify uh, what people need, because I'm convinced that uh, there's different ways of motivate uh, individuals, and not everyone needs the same thing. Maybe you are the kind that needs uh, someone to be right beside you and say, hey, this is going to be okay, let's focus on the next step. And maybe you need someone to say, hey, dude, Dave, you need to, need to catch up. I mean, this is, this is wrong. So identifying and knowing the people that you're working with, um, and I think I've learned a lot of that by leading uh, a rugby team, is knowing what each person needs to help them become a better uh, individual, but also uh, more effective at what they do. Um, it's very, very important. And uh, another thing that I really insist on uh, when it comes to motivation or leadership is um, leading by example. So I don't really like just telling people what they should do, but I like to do that myself. And I think uh, one of the greatest examples that we uh, were discussing before we actually went live was the All Blacks, the rugby team. Because um, it amazes me how maybe a, a game's a bit, you know, disturbed, nothing is happening. And then it just takes one guy that makes a click in his head and then just starts pushing, starts pulling and uh, starts like showing, leading the way. Just like, this is where we are going, follow me. Then everyone starts to get into that uh, mentality. And you can see them in, in five minutes, they've changed completely and they became, uh, I think I, I said to you before, they became Hulk, right? So they are yeah. just completely transformed and they are unstoppable. And then, I mean, and that comes, in my opinion, it, that comes from motivation, that comes from a good leader that kn knew how to just, okay, let's stop all, all what's going on. Let's just stop for a second. Let's change and let's go forward. And then every, everybody's following. Uh, so in, in terms of leadership, I think that's one of the most uh, powerful tools to, to apply. And then um, uh, one thing that I truly think that's uh, worth it is being passionate about what you do. Or let's say the opposite way, do what you're passionate about. Because uh, if you love what you do, you'll do it a lot better. 
uh, you'll invest yourself a lot more and that that makes a difference um, you don't need to be perfect you don't need to be the best but if you love what you do eventually you'll get it done uh, and that's what it takes on both sides it, uh, that's I mean you need that at a rugby pitch at soccer no, no matter what sport you're doing you need that and on the business side it's the same thing and one of the things i do enjoy the most about rugby and i, and I keep saying that because um no matter if you're small or you're big if you're fat if you're thin if you're short or tall or fat or, i mean anyone can play rugby it just takes discipline there's there's a role for each and every one of us and that happens at a business. Uh, it's very important to identify um, who and not how, right? So who is the appropriate person to do this task? Who's the most capable? Uh, who has the time to do it? And not let's not just not focus on how am I going to solve this? If I don't know how to, let's get the right person to do it because he'll do it a lot better, a lot quicker, and it becomes a lot more effective. Uh, and again, that relationship to rugby is is amazing. How I mean, I was I was told a hundred times that I wouldn't ever become a professional rugby player. So it's too small. I was too too short. And actually, that helped me push even further. But that's me. Someone might have been let down by that by that information and. You know, lower your lower your arms and say, okay, I, I give up. In my case, that negative um, approach just made me want even more prove, to prove them wrong, and kept me going, kept my fire inside. I mean, I had something to prove, right? And uh, if you find that the thing that drives you, uh, just go get it. Yeah, and. I'm curious. So you're talking about, you know, that uh, the people that were, you know, naysayers that said that you couldn't do it. Was it more that you wanted to prove to yourself that they were wrong or that you wanted to like, uh, no, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to prove them wrong. I know that I've got it. I know I can do it. I, I'm just, I'm curious if, if there's a differentiation there. Of course. I mean, it was my dream, Dave. My yeah. dream was to become a professional athlete, a professional rugby player. And that's what I had in mind. I mean, of course, I, back in Argentina, there were no professional teams. Uh, there used to be one the last couple of years, but not when I was there. So I knew I had to go somewhere else, right? And um, so I was studying, working, and training. But that, but that time when I when I when I finished school, I went to university, studying engineering. But the truth is, uh, I was not investing as much time as I should to become an engineer. I was doing a little bit. I was working a little bit, but I was training a fucking lot. I mean. <laughs> I was doing whatever it took to get me to that next level of rugby. I was doing right. other things because I, I wanted to do them, 
um, and I had to on the other side, but what I really loved, what I really was passionate about was to, I, I had that in mind. I mean, uh, I wanted to become a professional rugby player. I wanted to have that opportunity at least for one season. I didn't, I was not asking much. I was just had, let me try this out because I know I can do it. And, uh, this is what I want. And then I pushed and I worked to it as much as I could. I could have failed. Yes. Cause that's part of the adventure that part of the challenge. It can happen, but I was giving myself the most means to succeed. And, um, what I like to say was creating my own luck. Uh, so yes, I, so you, you mentioned a little bit about how you know, knowing the people on your team can, can help you uh, motivate them. And by them knowing you, there, it creates this kind of synergistic effect where, you know, as a team, you can motivate one another, but you have to know each other. And, mm-hmm. you know, in sports, you get to know each other because you're constantly practicing with one another and when when you're taking on a client um, a startup and you bring them into the incubator and you're working with them and you're trying to lead them from where they are to where they want to be and to to get to know them to find out what motivates them how do you how do you go about developing that relationship and and to like gain their trust and, and and that sort of thing so that you have that kind of relationship where you can lead them effectively? Well, there's, I mean, we are, first and foremost, we are very picky with our clients. We don't just take anyone. Um, we can afford it on one side, but also because we don't want to waste uh, either of our times. Uh, so we like to understand who we are engaging with. So one of the things we always look for is passion. Uh, whenever we meet a startup, a client, we look for that passion, that inside a fire that's running, that's burning, that's driving them. And we need to, to see it. And you can usually identify that pretty quickly. You can see if someone's loving what they do or they just do it because it's you know a nine to five job that they need to it's a huge difference and the main reason why we look for that is because we are here to help we are here to support we are here to try and drive the company through the right route but we are not doing it for you if you the actual founder are not in a position where you are able to roll up your sleeves and get your hands dirty and into work, nobody's going to do it for you. I think um, good entrepreneurs know that from the beginning. They know that running a company is a huge risk. Um, Running a company demands maybe working seven days out of seven, uh, 16 hours a day, and they're willing to do it. Because if the actual funder doesn't do it, who else? Not going to do it for you doesn't make sense yeah it's interesting that you you said it like that um 
So as the incubator and you're, you're leading this company to their version of success, what you said is you're supporting them. And I think that's, that's huge when you're talking about leadership and, and leading um, whoever it is, whether it's a company that, you know, a startup company, or if it's a rugby team or, you know, uh, even if you think about the military or the fire department or something like that, where, yeah. you know, if you're the, the leader of a, a small unit, your primary role is to support the people that are doing the heavy lifting. And hundred percent. I think a lot of times people get that wrong and they get into a, a position of power. Um, their mindset shifts to where, okay, you need to do what I tell you to do. And it's completely um, wrong. Yeah. That sucks. Cause again, that's why, uh, I said about leading with example, right? Uh, one of the best first things we've said. And, um, yeah, and that attitude. I mean, I just hate it when you become, after working a lot, a long period of time or not, you become that leader and then you just forget, forget that you've been in the other side too. That's not what you needed from your leader. That's not what you're looking for. That's not helping. It's not productive. You need someone who's there for you in whatever way you need because sometimes you need someone to tell to fuck off and that yeah. might shift them that might turn the light on back again yeah. you never know but that's why understanding people also helps and uh, i think being honest with each other also uh, helps to get into that uh, healthy relationship where you can say things to, to your face and just take it as constructive uh building something up and not just not here to complain or whatnot we're here to fix we're here to solve problems we're not here to create new um and that's what a company should focus on too so the company should be focusing about fixing their problems not just creating new ones and uh and together we are a lot stronger uh we can do it a lot better as a team that that, that um, not, no individual will probably uh, manage uh, by by himself so I mean, that's something we need to keep in mind and each of us has different uh, areas of expertise or different things that can do better. Well, a good leader, in my opinion, m manages all that and puts each each and um, each of the individuals to his max, uh, and he keeps defying them uh, into doing a bit more, into getting that extra one percent a day. So you need to be able to, to produce and to, and to perform. And a good leader manages a team and takes them uh, a bit further down the line every day. Uh, th that's how you create, uh, I wouldn't say perfection because nobody's perfect, but you create a damn good team. Before we go, I know that you've got to go here shortly. But before we go, so, you know, the name of my podcast is From Embers to Excellence. And what that comes from is, you know, I, I've spent, well, I, I spent 23 years in the fire service and, uh, you know, I'd thank you. 
thank you. Uh, I uh, so I. I spent a lot of time in the fire service. I made quite a few mistakes. I've, you know, embarrassed myself multiple times and, and, uh, you know, I've been injured and thought that I was never going to be able to do firefighting. And, you know, and there's a sense of identity, you know, that you apply to yourself when you're, you know, I, I'm sure that you identify as a rugby player and all that, but that isn't who you are. It's what you do and how you express who you are. And it took me a while to figure that out. Um, but along the along my path, falling on my face and having good people that said, you know, don't, you know, don't allow this fuck up to define you. You know, you need to be the person that defines who you are with, with people that were important in, in my life, you know, telling me, um, you know, don't allow the, the, these screw ups to, um, define who you are. You know, you need to be the person that defines how people view you, uh, through your actions and that sort of thing. And so it kind of steeled my resolve to, um, you know, really take whatever mistake I made and, learn from it and and help others avoid that same mistake but you know injuries are a different thing and it's you know when you get injured you hadn't you know you have no control over that and i rem i remember reading something about you you know this uh knee injury that you endured that could have been career ending and and i'm just wondering like i would imagine Somebody like you, highly motivated, spent their entire life aspiring to be a professional rugby player, and you have this knee injury, and they're telling you that you can't do it, you're not going to be able to recover and, and play again. I would imagine there was a, a level of depression initially, maybe? I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, first thing, Dave, I, I, I could read right in your face that you've been through the same thing so i really like discussing with you because i think it's a great experience that we probably both lived through and uh it just shows resilience and uh, just push you further and i think we're constantly tested right and uh as you said i had a big knee injury uh Maybe because of my position, the position I play, that I need to run quick. Uh, that's one of the best things I do. Uh, seriously, serious knee injury, surgery in the middle, uh, two broken ligaments. Uh, of course, I wondered if I would ever come back to, to the level I wanted. And by that period in time, that was in 2014, the previous year, I was uh, national champion with the sevens. So when you play rugby, but just seven aside, uh, I was hoping for an opportunity on the 15. So the, the, the actual rugby, rugby union game. And uh, I was expecting to have it by that year. And then, boom, I need, got smashed, right? And uh, of course, it was devastating i would say but 
I have that winning mentality that just keeps me going. And no matter what I do, I don't want to lose. And I think that's a mentality that can help you overcome no matter what's in front of you, no matter what tests you get. And I, of course, had some help, had good mentors, had good um, coaches. I had, I had a great coach by the time. Uh, and I remember asking him, because um, the, the fixture for the next year came out. First game of the season, we were playing a best, against one of the best teams in Argentina. I was like, dude, I don't want to lose this game, right? Uh, we... My club back home was a small club, so we didn't play that much against them. We have beaten them. 2014, when I got injured, before I got injured, we beat them uh, at their stadium. It was a great game, so I wanted to play again. Um, so it's just, just amazing, right? And uh, I, I started doing maths. Uh, I started calculating. We had exhibition games before the actual first game. Okay, that's shit. That's five months and one week after I get my surgery. Went to my surgeon and said, hey, how, do I, how long do I need to, to recover? Well, usually it's between six months and eight months. And then I mean, you never know. What do you mean you never know? Yeah, I mean, that's like minimum. I've never seen it done in less than six months. Come on. I have, I have five. What do you mean you have five? Yeah, I want to play the first game. Uh, probably not. So I went to my coach, and uh, I think that he knew me pretty well. So that's again comes back to that motivation phase. So he knew me pretty well. He knew I was one of the best of the team. It's not just not being humble, but it was a reality back in the day. And um, I asked him, how many of the exhibition games do I need to play for you to put me on the first team? by the first game. He looked at me and he said, uh, you need to play, play all three. It's like, what do you mean all three? You know, yeah. I can prove to you in one, one game that I deserve playing. You know that. You've been, I've been playing for the past five years. I haven't missed a game, basically. He's like, well, you need to play all three. It's like, that gives me five months and one week. It's barely impossible to do. Yeah, I'm sorry, said. So I went back. I was like a bit angry about at him at the beginning because he said, "This dude, I mean, I, he knows who am I? We've, we've been together. We have been playing for the past five, six years. Been the top scorer for the past five, six years of the team." And I was like, "Dude, come on, give me a break." But I, when I think about it, I, I actually think he was pushing me. He yeah. knew I could give a lot more. He knew I could do it. And then I think that, that, that just, I had that on my head and just kept going, kept pushing and I did whatever it took. I was just crossing days, right? I mean, just went to my doctor two months after, can I run? Can I start running? Do you mean start running? Yeah, you once said that maybe after two months of getting surgery, I could start running. It's like, are you crazy? Yes, I am. Can I start running? <laughs> well, if you go slow, maybe okay. So I went up and run two months after, and then kept pushing, kept pushing. And I remember today, that was like five or six years ago. I will never forget five months and one week after that. 
I was strapping my knee and getting ready to play the first exhibition game. And that feeling of going into the field, in, onto the pitch and just getting ready, you know, okay, I've done it. You know, I beat all probabilities that this won't be possible. And then just, okay, I'll do it. And we did it. So, uh, I don't know, it was amazing, an amazing experience. And um, I came back, I came back in shape. And actually, by the end of that year, that was 2015, when I came back, by November, uh, I got an offer for from a rugby club in France to play professional. So that was, was like, a, okay, this is your, your present after all the effort that you've done. And that's how I see it. Yeah, that's... That's really inspiring. I um, no, that's really cool. And I and I, I keep on thinking of all the the crossovers to, you know, really what, you know, the incubator, the unicorn incubator does, and how, you know, you're selective with with your clients and how they need to have passion and and really, you know, it's it's not easy to to take a startup, and and get them to where they want to go to be successful. And the fact is that that passion is part of the resilience, you know, that resilience, that determination of like, if your client doesn't have the passion, the fact is that there's probably going to be challenges and, and getting them from point A to point B. And if they don't have that passion and they're likely to just throw up their hands and, you know, in the first sign of trouble or difficulty. And, you know, I, I just think that that's, that's a really good uh, um, way yeah. of uh, applying that, that same lesson and, and mindset. So, and is there anything, I know that you've got to go, is there anything um, that we didn't touch on that you, you feel is important to, to leave the listeners with? No, Dave, I think we had a great chat. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot and, uh, uh, we really connected down there with, with all this and I, that's, I appreciate very much. I'm so happy to meet you actually. And, yeah, uh, to be a like chair this. show. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on and, uh, you know, Good luck. Keep in, in touch. In every, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd love to have you on again because I'd like to dig a little bit deeper because I, I think you've got a lot more value to add to the to the listeners. You know, this, uh, you know, I talk a lot It'll about be a leadership. What's It'll that? Be a pleasure. Yeah, cool. All right. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing day. Thank you, Dave. See you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you for listening to this episode of From Embers to Excellence. Please like and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Follow me on your favorite podcast platform and visit hollenbachleadership.com for additional content. My goal is and always will be to add value to as many people as possible. So if I can be of any assistance to you or someone you know, Please connect with me via email or on one of my social media accounts linked on the homepage of my website. Remember, our failures don't define us unless we let them, and the only true measure of a leader 
is the success of their team.